Hello, and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald, and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, episode 27. My goodness. It's fall here. It's October. And it's been so crisp out this past weekend, and uh, I'm finding all my cozy layers and kind of enjoying the opportunity to bundle up after all the warm, hot, sunny months out here in Southern California. I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now as you're listening to this, that you feel physically comfortable, (laughs) whether that's that you have just the right number of layers on, or you've got nice fresh air, or you're well-fed, whatever it might be. I just hope you're feeling really comfortable. And today, I'd like to talk about play. I want to talk about the value of having fun, of being playful, of taking things kind of in the silly light, right? I think laughter, play, I, I could probably do multiple episodes on all these different topics. But for today, I wanted to talk about play. And one of the ways that I see this relating to love signals is that it's something I kind of called on in my year-long project. There were times where I decided to just be really playful and kind of mm, silly with the love letters I wrote to myself. And I like to highlight this because I think that sometimes we see love as this very serious, very earnest, very sincere emotion and and action you know oh love it's okay you're when you're loving someone it's really important and meaningful and yes of course love is deep and profound and sincere and it carries like this substantive what am I trying to say substantial substantive either word take your pick but this like substantial quality of of weight to it and and meaning and energy and you know it can be so much but love can also be really light and airy and refreshing and whimsical and playful and so I really have been enjoying thinking about this more and thinking about how to play more in my life and in life in general I'd like to read you a little love letter here right right at the start to help illustrate this point. I was going through my, I think it's the November to December journal from my year-long project. And I found one from, looks like this was, oh gosh, I have to dig for the date. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, it looks like this was from 11-7, so um, November 7th, 2020. That's a fun date. Um, okay. You, 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 you are so beautiful and amazing. Every fiber of you, down to your little toenail and out of place eyebrow hairs, your heart feels like a lush wildflower field where I can frolic and lay. Thank you for this gift. I am so content here in your heart. I shall rest here a bit longer. Thank you, my dear, courageous, bold, fiery, loving Michaela. I love you. (laughs) That one just makes me smile. It's just so, 
it's it's like the exuberance of a puppy or something the way that a puppy will just like wiggle and you know just be so excited to have the love and attention of of their owner or their playmates or whoever it might be so that feels really sweet uh so so part of the invitation here is for you all to play with the flavors of love that you give yourselves, right? Like there can be like that really deep, sweet, like, mm, I love you and I'm here for you and I've got you. And then what if you invited some other dimensions of play of like, oh, you're just so great and I love you so much. And that kind of wiggly <laughs> puppy energy is one flavor of play. I think there can also be the flavors of play of just being whimsical, being... Um, yeah, audacious even. And like, for me, part of play, I'll think of like literal play, like when kids play or when adults play. And the way that when we play, we'll kind of over dramatize things or make more jokes or tell stories in more dynamic ways. And so I think over exaggerating things can be part of play, right? To rather than being very serious and confined and composed, what if we play? What if we use our voices in different ways and our bodies in different ways and just like get silly, right? I think that's part of the joy of things like dancing where it's like you're just moving in your body in a way that you don't normally. Most of the time we're like, I, I sit and I walk and I stand and I lay down and that's it. And maybe I do yoga or workout, but it's, it's those are the poses that, you know, you do. But dance, especially if it's kind of freeform, wiggly, there's this playful liberation to that. And there's been so many studies done on the power of play when it comes to the impact it has on our brains. We learn best when we're playing. That's partly why play as, um, for children is so important. And so, and I think that's why some of the most successful teachers in schools know how to make topics fun. They know how to make it like where it feels like a game. I remember I went to various Waldorf schools throughout my childhood and, you know, teenhood. And I have vivid memories of doing jump roping while we were reciting the like times tables out loud. We would do math while we were jump roping, which was like next level challenging in a certain way, but it also made it feel fun. It was like, I was so excited to jump rope. And then the multiplication tables and all that on top of it was just kind of this like fun thing we were thinking about and talking about. And so that may not be the best example for all of you out there. I know some people really don't like math. And so um, there might be other ways to make math feel even more fun and playful, but that's the one that pops to my mind. Um, another example is um, the way we would do plays in foreign languages or learn songs and dances in other languages as a way to kind of make it fun, make it fun for ourselves. So there's so many ways to play more in our lives. And I think sometimes, I know for me as an adult, I can feel kind of at a loss of like, I don't know, I don't know how to make things more playful. And so it's been cool to think about like, wow, you know, some of it is just, just turning things on their head a little rather than approaching it like the normal kind of you know, this is the logical response to that. Like, what if I play more? What if I say it in a silly voice? What if I do something different with my body? And so I'm enjoying this exploration and I invite you all to join me in that. So whether that looks like um, ways that you, you know, move your body differently throughout the week or 
respond with, you know, playful voices or things like that in your day-to-day life. Or if it's even how you write some love letters to yourself. Maybe you're ridiculously enthusiastic like this one that I shared. Maybe it's not ridiculously enthusiastic, but just, you know, so exuberant and um, enthusiastic. That feels like like a form of play, excuse me, to me. Um, so play, play with the idea of play. The other thing I wanted to mention here is, um, this is kind of a non sequitur or a random comment, but uh, it ties into last week's episode about signals and anchors and uh, symbols. This weekend, it was so windy here, but I was determined to spend the morning time outside that I like to spend. And so I moved my chair that I like to sit in and journal to a spot that was kind of tucked away, away from the wind and in the sun. And it was so nice. And as I was sitting to open up my journal, I could see this shadow really close to me of what looked like a hummingbird. And I looked up and I couldn't help myself from saying, hi, (laughs) in exactly that tone, like that, like really like, whoa. (laughs) And there was a hummingbird really close to my face, just off to the left of me. And just hovering there and just, and this is something thankfully I'm used to because the hummingbirds at my mom's house do this too, where they, especially this one, it just comes up and it just wants to hover right near my face. And I think it's just like kind of trying to like be like, "Mm, who are you again? Just like checking in, you know, and then it goes about its business. Um, And so this hummingbird did that and it felt so sweet. It just felt so wonderful. And it was this interesting, blustery, sunny day and hummingbird was just there and then it kind of flitted around to the bushes nearby and then it zoomed off really fast to the southeast of me and uh I just felt so so seen so so held so met with love and it was a really wonderful moment so I hope that you all got to notice some symbols of love or whimsy this past week and If you haven't yet, be on the lookout. There might be some coming for you. (laughs) So another note I wanted to share about play. And this is where I think it gets like really fun as a tool. Because as I said before, play is a wonderful way to learn. It's our brains are like more plastic or um, malleable and impressionable when we're playing. We learn really fast. That's partly why, you know, kind of being lighthearted or treating um, a project with like a lighthearted or playful kind of curious approach helps us to succeed in the long run because it's not the end of the world if our first version of something fails. We're like, hey, let's we're just playing. Let's let's try something new. Let's let's play again and. It's, I think play kind of ties into this mentality of being more of a curious explorer rather than this like super serious, I have to get it right, otherwise I will be punished (laughs) kind of mentality. And so one of the areas I know many of us um, want to learn more about, want to grow in, want to mm, feel greater ease in is in our relationships when it comes to expressing our preferences or our needs or our boundaries and like letting people know hey here's what I need I hey I need to go now or hey I 
really want to eat at this restaurant or hey I'd really like it if we could do this before we do that or I need some alone time or I need some social time or please don't bring that up before this time of day or whatever it is you know there's so many different boundaries and needs and just all of that kind of human to human negotiation right and I love the idea of introducing play to that topic because I don't know about you but I know from my own personal experience and from my friends and my clients and my family that it's so easy to really get in my head and just really get in our heads about what to say and how to say it the right way so that the person will receive it the best way and like just all this like internal overanalyzing and mental gymnastics and it can be really exhausting and it can create a lot of stress too and so then when we come to the moment where we need to say hey I don't actually want to go out partying on New Year's Eve or whatever it is we come to it with so much tension and anxiety in our bodies that I think honestly that that probably impacts the person who's receiving that information and makes them feel kind of icky and weird. Like they might be actually really fine with our, whatever we're telling them, but they'll probably pick up on that weirdness and that stress in us and be like, eh, <laughs> you know, weird in themselves too. So, so not only do I think that playing can help when it comes to these, this situation with helping um, make make the whole process feel smoother, but I also think it can lead to better and clearer communication because we're not so bundled up, bound up, twisted around in ourselves. There's more ah, ease inside because play and laughter, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's this kind of release and relief that comes from it too, right? Laughing, feeling joy. There's this kind of ah that happens from all of that. Think about the last time you laughed really hard. There's probably like a kind of yummy, for me it almost feels like a like a tingling or a buzzing kind of feeling after I laugh really hard. And I have a feeling, I haven't confirmed this, but I have a feeling that that's some kind of chemical in the brain and body that sends this like mm, yummy signal. It's probably serotonin or something like that, you know. Um, endorphins, etc. So, okay, so this sounds great, right? Use play to help with what might feel like hard conversations. But how, how does one do that? What does that even mean? What does that look like? Well, I'm sure there are so many other ways to, to play when it comes to that. And what I've landed on as a really fun starting point is To do this alone, you can do it alone, you can do it in the mirror, you can do it with somebody if you have like a best friend or your partner or a family member who you're close with. Basically just somebody you feel really safe with who can kind of help help this process. I think it's great to do it with somebody else because then you can kind of riff off of each other. But it can be so great to do it on your own and I like that too because then it's one less barrier to doing it. And... What you do is you basically, you think about the scenario. Um, So to give an example here, we could say, oh, maybe you have trouble saying, hey, I don't have time to talk right now when a certain family member or friend calls you. And 
you feel all twisted up of like, ah, I don't want to disappoint them. But I also sometimes just like don't have time and I feel like maybe I'm avoiding them or just whatever's going on there because you're feeling some resistance to like, hey, I, I can't I can't be there for you right now. I gotta I gotta do this other thing. And rather than trying to perfectly curate exactly what you're gonna say so that you know, at least to the best of your ability, you know, you're saying it the right way so that they don't get offended or hurt and you still get your point across. What I would recommend you do is stand in the mirror, talk with talk with your, you know, your trusted confidant and and play this game of saying no or saying, "Hey, I can't talk" in lots of different voices. Make it really silly. Like you could say it in a Mickey Mouse voice. You could say it in like a mafia voice, you can, that's one of my favorites. I just can't talk to you right now. I don't think you're going to like what happens when we talk. You know, <laughs> you can make it, <laughs> oh my gosh, I really did that. Um, just make it playful, make it silly and play with the drama. of. <gasps> oh no, I cannot talk to you right now. It's impossible or whatever. And say, say all the different things, um, all the different flavors of that. And the other thing, and this is like, ooh, to take it to the next level, is to say like ridiculous things. Like to say like, I don't ever want to talk to you ever on the phone. Never call me again. You know, to say things that you may not fully agree with. And, and maybe that's a good caveat to add to all of this. These things you're saying them, the way you're saying them, this is play, right? This isn't real. This isn't like, oh, we're going to hold you to this. This is just you playing and trying things out. You are not going to be held to the statements you make or the way you say them. And that's part of the liberation of play is that you get to try things out. You get to see how it feels, see how that feels and be lighthearted all the while. It doesn't have any impact on, you know, your character, or who you are. It's just play. Uh, another level that you can add, and this is, um, I find this to be helpful when I'm, when my brain is really going into like, oh, but then what are they going to say? And then what should I say back to that? And kind of when it's doing the, like trying to preempt the entire conversation, or at least part of the conversation is that then you can play with what you imagine their response will be. So you can, you can even do that out loud. And then they go, oh no, I can't believe that's what you told me just now. Or, you know, or whatever it is. And this is, in a way, this is like a sneaky, playful form of parts work, which if you haven't heard about parts work, it's one of my very early episodes, maybe episode three or four. It's called like loving all our parts or honoring all our parts. But this is such a fun way to do parts work because you're just giving a voice to all these parts that maybe you haven't even perfectly identified. Like, oh, there's this part that just wants to be just aggressive and brutal. And then there's this part that wants to really, really be slow and take care. And you don't even need to identify those parts with this. You're just just letting it all come out, whatever comes out. And one of the things that can make this really fun is that you just keep following the thread of what feels funny. You'll notice that comedians do this. And especially like if they're, I don't know, just with friends, you'll see this happening more organically than in like a very structured stand-up 
where, but in a structured standup, they do this, they build this into their, what they do because they've tested the material and they know what works. But if there's one piece that's funny, right? They introduce an idea and it's a little bit funny and then they double down on it. They say more about it. They, they um, kind of expound on it and, and then it gets funnier and then they keep going. They keep doing that. They double down, double down, double down, more, more, more about that joke. And it's like they're just, in my mind, it's like they're just wringing out every last good drop of humor from that topic by spending time on it. And that's what I encourage you all to do as you're playing is like follow that thread. If you find, like I know my mom and I love the mafia voice. Uh, I think probably because she and I are both so sweet and understanding and we don't like to be threatening. So then to just put on this entire persona that's like really heavy and threatening and like cool and <laughs> it's just so different and it's tick it like tickles us and so that's the thread that we've doubled down on and that we'll expound on when we're playing this game um and it's so fun to see how it's like you know oh you do it a little bit and then oh what if we did it even more and oh oh then and so anyway this is all just to illustrate that it can really be fun and it's so organic. You know, I, I'm giving you so many kind of specifics of how to do it, but you know how to play. Like we know how to play and our brains, our bodies, our hearts are really good at this. And so just, just get the ball rolling a little bit and see what you find. You know, maybe for you, the easiest way to do this is look at yourself in the mirror, imagine the situation say the thing you're kind of planning on saying, whether it's the phone call situation or something else, and make a really silly kind of ee, freaked out, scrunched up face while you say it, you know, or maybe it's that you do something funny with your clothes and your arms and, and just say it like that. Like, let yourself play, let yourself be strange and weird and out of the ordinary that will help to kind of wake up the play parts of your brain and just create more space here. And the really cool thing about doing this that I've found for myself and I've seen with others is that it almost feels like magic because if you do this, if you really play with it, it's almost like a way of um, reprogramming and rewiring the associations in the brain so that that talking about that, saying that thing doesn't feel so scary anymore. Now you associate it more with the funny times that you've spent thinking about it and doing your, your play in the mirror or with your friend or whoever. And that really changes the energy around it, right? And going back to what I said earlier, so often when we're all twisted up and feeling anxious about what this boundary we need to say or this need we need to express, we bring that energy when we say it and it and it makes the whole interaction feel more tense and weird for both people and what happens instead when we've played with it when we've kind of brought this like space and ease is that we'll say the thing and and it feels easy it's just like it feels easy and and on top of that there's like a really clean energy to it it's just like, yeah, like there, I think for me, I think part of what that is, is that I feel more deeply connected to the validity of that need and to the okayness of that need or that boundary or whatever it might be. 
spending time playing with it helps me to just be like, yeah, this is really okay. And so I'm, there isn't that subtle apology or insecurity behind what I'm saying. There's more just like, hey, yeah, this is, uh, this is this thing. And here we are. And, and I think too, it's, there's almost this subtle way. I don't know if this is fully true or not, but I, I get the sense that that play and that time with this need or preference or boundary starts to shift the way we're even relating to it, of feeling how we're okay no matter what, no matter what happens with how this statement is received or question is received or how whatever it is we're saying, there's less emphasis on how the other person's going to react. And even mm, like if it's okay or not for us to want that. And, and even to take it even further, our sense of well-being isn't tied up with, oh, this needs to go a certain way. It's just like, I'm okay. I'm going to share this thing and let's see what we learn. Let's see what happens. It takes it all from feeling like really high level stress and high intensity and serious and almost end of the world. And it dials it down. It kind of right sizes it to like, hey, I'm really okay. And also here's this thing <laughs> that's I'm going to go now <laughs> or whatever it is. And so I love this idea that play can also lead to deeper sense of well-being, deeper sense of freedom. And it just also like if you're going to be thinking about how you want to handle a situation with a person in your life, you might as well be playing that whole time you're thinking about it because otherwise it might just stress you out. <laughs> so I've given you all lots of ideas here, lots of ways to play with play, whether it's exuberant love letters or getting really silly with how you're going to tell somebody, I gotta go. <laughs> I, I hope that you all spend time with this and make it your own. And uh, maybe there's other ways that you find play entering into your life that can charm you and and even greater sense of well-being. I think that the way that laughter and play fills us up and engages our, our minds and bodies and spirits so wholeheartedly is a sign of love and, and feels like a little wink or nod from the greater the greater energy that's here. And uh, go go play with it. <laughs> All right. I think we did it. Well done. Well done, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you're really enjoying this podcast, it helps me out so much if you can leave a review. You can also rate the podcast, I believe. And my biggest goal is to get this out there for more people to know about love signals as a concept, as a podcast, in whatever form, whether you're just sharing these ideas with your friends or you share an episode specifically that helps to further my mission of letting love signals find more and more people and helping more and more people become aware of all the love that's here. So thank you if you've already done that. Thank you in advance if you're feeling ready to do it. And if you don't feel like it, no worries. Just being here is perfectly enough and I'm grateful for that. With that, I will leave you all with our beloved phrase. There is so much love here for you. Mm -hmm.
I hope you feel it more and more every day, every breath, every moment. All right. Until next time, take care.